You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway. We're trying something new on the podcast today, so welcome into the experiment. We'll see how it goes, but we're, we're excited to try this because as you know, through the series of Exodus, which Pastor Matt has been promoting for probably six months, he's been so excited for this series. We've, we're doing our daily video devotionals and both of the folks joining me here today are participating in that as well. And so you'll see their faces throughout the month of February and into March as we do a different chapter in Exodus each day and give you a three to five minute uh, devotional. So kind of give you some tools for your spiritual toolbox on how to approach scripture, uh, what it means for your life and who you can ask when you have questions. Hopefully that's been helpful to you, but we also want to just show you a practical way of how some of us study the Bible. And so we're just going to open Exodus three. Feel free. If you're uh, in one place, you're not driving, you can open your Bible as well to Exodus three. We're going to read a little bit and just kind of process through what that Uh, means to us, what questions come up, what we see God doing in this chapter as well. So Exodus 3 is going to become very familiar to you over the next week between the Sunday sermon as well as the daily devotionals. And I'm joined by Christian Crampton, the high school pastor here at Kingsway, and Leah Lynch, my wife, and the student's coordinator. So welcome. You excited for this experiment? I'm looking forward to it. We'll see how this goes. Yep. All right, here we go. Derek's ready to, to cut us at, at any moment's notice. He's over there. He's got his fingers on the, the, the dials. Someone's getting cut. Someone's going down. Who's going to get voted off the island? We'll see. Uh, so Exodus 3. Leah, do you want to start us and just read several verses and stop when you feel led to stop? Sure. All right, starting in verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the... and thought, (laughs) I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush... Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people and the Israelites out of Egypt. It does seem like a good place to stop as, as we're thinking about what's sticking out. I, I, for the first time, really, in verse number one, I noticed that he led the flock, Moses did, to the far side of the desert. The far side of the wilderness is another way uh, the scripture is translated. And 
isn't it interesting that God meets with us on the far side of the wilderness when we are out by ourselves with just a bunch of smelly sheep or perhaps for you, it's, I don't know. Smelly teenagers. There you go. <laughs> just put it in your context. <laughs> that's very easy to imagine, Christian. Very easy. Yes. <laughs> and that's where God meets with them out and man, the farthest possible point. I think that's, that's huge. I think that really, man, that, that's powerful to me. I've never picked up on that before. That was a, yeah, that's really interesting. For me, I think the the thing that stuck out for me started in verse seven. And probably it's because it's on, on my mind as we're even with the students right now working through a, a series on justice and going over um, the story of Joseph. But like verse seven through 10, it's God saying for the first time, like I see the oppression of my people mm. and I'm going to do something about it. And, um, you know, it's starting with Moses and, uh, we're going to keep reading and we'll see that Moses doesn't really want anything to do with it at first. <laughs> but, um, I think it, I, that, that those verses always stick out to me of like, he sees the oppressed. He mm -hmm. sees us when we are in trouble, when we're hurting. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't feel that way. We're like, we feel alone. We feel isolated, but like God is there mm -hmm. seeing us, even if it doesn't necessarily feel like it in the moment. Um, and as we'll see throughout the rest of this story, like God does some pretty amazing things through the story of Exodus, but it starts where he's like, no, I see the oppression. I see your hurt. Mm. I hear your cry and I'm going to do something about it. Mm. Yeah. I, listening to both of you, um, realizing that, you know, God is saying, I see the Israelites. I see the oppression. I see the wilderness if you will that you're in and at the same time he's meeting Moses in a far side of a wilderness and just this idea that like you said that God is right there um in the middle of that with us and it's not that any of those difficulties or any of those challenges that we face or that we go through, none of them remove us from God's presence. Mm. And his presence is there, mm -hmm. whether it's in the land uh, that's flowing with milk and honey, or if it's in the far side of the wilderness, or if it's in um, captivity, God is right there to be with us in that. I love that he gives them a vision for where he's taking them right after that in verse eight. So I've come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians, from the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them out of that land. And as you mentioned, Leah, into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That That's certainly like when the Israelites heard that, I'm sure they're thinking, how in like that's not an overnight fix You're, like we can't just boom we're in the land of milk and honey you just transported us over there there's hope but at the same time like pastor matt said on sunday it takes time and we don't like we don't do well with that as americans no, we're not good not. at at time we want now uh, but god right. god shows us exactly that path that it, it's it's gonna take time but here's where you're gonna go and I found it interesting that in that, in that very same sentence, that very same breath, if you will, that he gives the hope, it's also got the things that they're going to have to walk through, like, or the people they're going to have to face. Because mm -hmm. like Pastor Matt said, those, those people, those lands, um, those were 
not easy people to to come up against during that time. Bigger, sweatier teenagers. But yes. <laughs> Probably I'm a little more strong. I'm trying, Christian. I'm trying here. <laughs> All right, Christian, you want to keep up, keep the reading going? Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll jump back in at verse 11. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, though they're going to ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replies to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac and the God, or the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me. He told me, I have been watching closely. I've seen how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from oppression in Egypt. I will lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. It's interesting. That, like literally just repeats the same thing again. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but we'll continue on. Uh, we'll just go through the end of the chapter. But the elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord, our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably upon you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and find clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. Thank you, Christian. Am I, am I reading this right in, in verse 18 that initially it was not a request to just leave forever, but it was just a request of Pharaoh to let him go for three days to worship. I mean, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's where it started. I've never really noticed that either. Huh? Very cool. In that same verse, something different. It caught me as well that I'd never thought of um, or noticed, I guess where it says the elders of Israel will listen to you, then you and the elders are to go to the king of Mm. Egypt. So from the get-go, God wasn't asking Moses to do it by himself. Right. I don't think I ever realized that, uh, yeah, I would only ever thought it was, you know, God asking Moses. And then Aaron came along later on in the story. But Yeah, that is a good point, because I think most of the time when you think about the story of Moses, you know, there's that, that back and forth between him and God at the beginning where Moses is like, I don't want to do this, but God's like, no, you're going to do this. But Moses is like, but I can't talk well. And so he's like, okay, well, here's Aaron. But right here, even before we get to that point of God's like, no, it's going to be you and the elders. You're Mm. not going alone. And I think that that, at least when I hear that that way, it's kind of like Moses kind of forgot, even like God told him, you're not Mm. doing this alone. But Mm. Moses Mm. instantly goes to I'm doing this alone. I don't want to do this alone. <laughs> and how often do we do that 
in our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we face things that seem um, incredibly insurmountable or impossible or, you know, pick your word, but um, we feel like we're going at it alone. But the reality is we're not because God, uh, from the beginning, God didn't create us to do life alone. And so he provides and he asks us to to do these things um, in community with others. Mm-hmm. And God's going to give us people to walk with um, in these hard times. And, and even before that, in verse 12, God said, I will be with you. Mm. And when I read that, I immediately turned over to Matthew 28, the Great Commission. At the end of the, the you know, the Gospel of Matthew, God says, and surely I am with you always. And there he adds to the very end of the age. So here in Exodus, we're seeing, I'm with you as you go talk to Pharaoh. And then, oh, by the way, the elders will be with you and Aaron will be with you. And then Jesus, in the end, says to the end of the age, he extends that invitation Mm -hmm. that you're not going alone. And boy, how refreshing is that? Oh, so, I mean, that's such a important thing to always remind ourselves of is that he's with us always. We are not alone, even when we so often feel like it. Yeah. What else sticks out here in Exodus 3? I really, I mean, I know I stopped in the middle of reading it, but I don't think I had ever realized that, like, literally, it's almost word for word repeated. Right. And I think you, that this is a little note that I learned while in Bible college, is that there's so many times in Scripture where we don't realize it, but things are repeated, mm, yeah. and it's important. Yep. It's God saying like i i want to make sure you didn't miss this yeah that like this is important to the story that is going on or to what i'm trying to teach you and it's like you know verses seven through ten where i stopped earlier it goes you know it continues on right in i think it's 17 through or it's just verse 17 kind of paraphrased it but it's Mm -hmm. almost the exact same wording of like no i've seen your oppression i'm going to come like take you to a land of milk and honey. And I'm, I'm going to repeat like what Leah said earlier, like it's not going to be easy. You're going to have right. to go through people. But uh, I, I had not noticed that till we were reading through this, that it's mm. literally, you know, 10 verses apart repeating the exact same thing. I, I hope as you're listening at home or in the car, wherever you are, that, that you're realizing that this is not the first time that the three of us have opened Exodus. <laughs> this is not the first time <laughs> we've read our Bible. And yet it is so living and so active that all of us who have combined decades of, of faith journeying with Jesus can read a verse for the hundredth time. And, and God says, Hey, I got something for you. It's right here. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to be encouraged by that, that, that he's going to, he's going to have something for you every time, every time that we stop and we read and we listen. Uh, it's, it's just a beautiful opportunity to interact with the God of the universe. Leah, any last thoughts? Um, for me, the only other thing, if I'm going to I'm going to go back to the first section that we read, um, that really stuck out to me. And part of it um, came from how Pastor Matt explained it uh, um, on Sunday morning. But just this um, verse 5, where God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Mm-hmm. And just this idea of um, sacred space. And um, as we were reading through it, and then we were talking about how God met Moses on the other side of the wilderness or like, you know, the far side of the wilderness or in the slavery, like just this idea that um, there's something special about God's presence and being in his presence. And the reality is we have his presence with us every day now Mm. um, through 
the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. how many times have I forgotten that as I go through the busyness of getting things done or even um, through the struggles of things that are hard to walk through? Um, you know, we forget that it's easy to forget that we've got that power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that we are um, not only standing um, on holy ground, but that we are holy ground mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of who lives inside of us. Wow. That is so powerful. Christian, last thought? I, I don't know if I can top that. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. That's a, I'd never thought about that. Um, no, and I, I think Andy, exactly what you just said is like, you know, we've read this a million times, maybe not a million, but it's that there's always little things that, that just jump out anytime you reread scripture. Um, for the first time. And I I just think that that's so powerful that God just Mm -hmm. always speaks to us in unique ways. And we all are coming at it from different angles of things that he's speaking to us about. Right. So powerful to learn in community. If you don't have that community, please reach out to us. We would love to connect you with a men's group, a women's group, a family group, as we can study the scripture together and it can change not only our head knowledge, but our hearts and our hands as we serve the world. Thanks for joining us.